It takes a lot to become a successful better and there's always lessons to be learned. In this series, we speak to a range of different people in the betting industry to find out what they have to say. This is Profit From Perspective. Joining me for the latest episode of Profit From Perspective is Mark Stinchcombe. How are you, Mark? I'm good, thanks, Ben. Good stuff. Right, Mark, before we get into it, I just want to give a, a brief overview of what you and the listeners can expect from today's episode. I'm going to ask you five simple questions. They're the same five questions we ask every guest on this series, and all we need from you is the answers. Does that sound good? Sounds perfect. So, straight on to question number one. What do you bet on and why? I like to bet on football, tennis and darts. And within those sports, there's a range of markets I like to to try and take advantage of. Um, Within football, uh, obviously, the the main market, 1x2. But within that, I'm probably more leaning towards trying to take advantage of big outsiders that perhaps have a better chance of winning than the industry expects them to and I would probably prefer to back a big outsider to win or or back them say plus a half rather than on a on a handicap because of the way a football match works in a sense obviously football by design is a low scoring game and the longer it stays nil nil the the harder it it can be for the the favourite to score. But as soon as they do score, I think the dynamic of the game completely changes. So it's very easy then perhaps for the favourite team to rack up two, three, four nil victories, which is going to destroy your plus two, plus 2.5 Asian handicap bet. Whereas if you're back in the team at 12, 15, 18, for example, you only need a couple of those to come in out of a sample size of you know 10 or 15 to make a, a good return on your investment so I would prefer I would prefer to play it that way because I think you have more margin for error in in that respect uh, another area I quite like to bet on within football is uh, along a similar lines as well is to try and find a match that has a better chance of a low scoring encounter than the market uh, things and again I like to go for a bigger price because you've got a bit more margin for error so I like to take about try and take advantage of nil nil games so I'll look for matches that I've got a lot on the line i.e two big teams playing each other invariably uh, often often a derby uh, is quite a good factor as well to, to throw in there and it kind of goes against what a lot of other betters do, but I do like to look at head-to-head in these aspects because it gives you a good uh, insight into whether these games tend to be cagey. Uh, I'm thinking of I'm thinking um, abroad of the likes of say Galatasaray v Fenerbahce in Turkey or Shakhtar v Kiev in Ukraine, for example, where historically those games are a lot tighter than than the market anticipates. Um, in other sports, in tennis, for example, um, I mean, obviously, the range of markets is not as great as in football. So, again, you're looking at generally your the, the, the main old markets. 
Um, I kind of like to look, again, at big outsiders. Perhaps if you've got um, a high-ranking player, but he's playing on a surface he's not comfortable with, whereas and he's playing someone that is comfortable on that surface. Um, but their sort of overall abilities are being calculated into the price rather than their ability on that particular surface. That's an area I like to take advantage of as well. And not always just betting on the player to win, but perhaps taking the player to win the first set as well, because it's easy for them to get off to a good start, but maybe not be able to sustain it. And the opposition player perhaps taking time to get used to that particular surface. Uh, And then for darts, um, probably along a a similar line as well um, in terms of taking taking advantage of, of higher price players. I think that's, though, in terms of the last couple of years, I think the prices are getting a lot more accurate. And I think that's down to the improvement in the data collection side of things in terms of all the statistics that are now available in darts. That they're, not only are they being collected, but they're kind of freely available now. So I think uh, and I think the amount of matches that are being played on the darts tour is growing and growing year on year. So you've got more and more data to work with. So it's a lot easier to be accurate with your prices. So question number two, for you, what is the hardest part about betting? I think the hardest part about betting is dealing with losing runs, no matter how long you've been betting. Um, I think you can begin to question yourself perhaps too much. Uh, if if you're suffering uh, a bad streak, questioning your not questioning the result because obviously we we bet as if we see ten thousand plus simulations and and in, and in real life we know we only see one iteration of of the match, but we question our perhaps the process behind the selection of the bet or the analytics we've ap- applied to the data we have available. Um, so, I, but I think you know you can you can go over that in your head time and time again. But if you're happy with with the process, eventually, eventually the the losers or the losses, sorry, should should turn them, themselves back around into winners. Yeah, definitely. I mean, process over results is always a a message that's worth preaching. And I guess on the flip side of that, you could also say don't get too carried away when you're you're on a winning streak. Yes, hundred percent. So question number three, what would you do with your time if it wasn't spent betting? Uh, This is a difficult one because everybody loves sport. Well, most people love sport. So if you love sport and you're able to make money from it, um, you know, they kind of go hand in hand in a way. So if you were to take away betting, but you still enjoy watching sport, I guess you just carry on watching sport. But as I say, like, you know, if you've got if you've got in good insight or you think you've got good knowledge of a sport or not necessarily a sport as a whole, but perhaps a team or an individual within that sport that, you know, is underrated rather than being a, a jack of all trades and, and trying to bet on every team or every league. If you can focus on a specific team or a specific player that's underappreciated by the market then I guess long-term, you're, you're going to do a lot better. Um, it, but in terms of if you, weren't, if you weren't watching sport at all, I don't know. I think, I think nowadays perhaps popular things such as video games or, or perhaps even you know, e-sports, 
some, something like that. I mean, for me, in terms of the sort of, I think trying to find the right balance between betting and your sort of overall lifestyle is quite important because, you know, there's a whole world out there and you don't want to spend most of your life stuck behind a desk. So for me, I try and sort of spend maybe a couple of hours a day on my bets. I'm more of a sort of a pre-match better than, a, than an in-play one. So if I can spend just a couple of hours at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day doing my bets for the following day, and then I can go out and enjoy, enjoy my day and enjoy my life and socialise, and then I will just check the results and check the analytics behind those results at the end of the day. Um, and I feel as though that gives, gives me quite a good balance because you, I think you can, the problem is you can get too engrossed sometimes in betting and perhaps that's when mistakes can be made. So for you, is it kind of every day is spent researching bets, placing bets, analysing results and things like that? Do you give yourself kind of a break from that or is it just a case of you've got to work to find that value and that means that you can't really afford to, to take that time off? Yeah, I think so. But I think for me, I, I enjoy it as a hobby anyway. So I don't really see it as work. I see it as something that I would I would be looking at the results at the end of the day anyway and then analysing them and then looking at those teams' fixtures in the future days or weeks and analysing whether whatever's happened on that night or, or that day whether that has affected the odds for the future and then trying to take advantage before everybody else takes advantage, I suppose. I think it's very important to enter the market before everybody else does, if possible, um, to get the, get, price, get the best price out there. Although, having said that, I am quite a big advocate, in football particularly, of um, waiting for the team lineups, which can be quite frustrating. That Obviously, we only get those an hour before the game. So perhaps the, the price that you were hoping for is already gone. But I just think the, the, the lineups are, are so important in terms of not just personnel, but formation. Um, because as much as managers have press conferences and tell, you, tell us how they're going to play the game, um, it's not always true. So often the formation or personnel can give us a lot more information into how the game could, could be played out. I mean, for example... Uh, if, a, if a team lines up with two defensive midfielders rather than two attacking midfielders, we know straight away that they're probably not going to try and take the game to the opposition. So then you'd probably be looking at the opposition uh, odds, whether, they, whether they're now value or probably looking at the goal expectancy. Maybe the goal expectancy should be reduced. So I think factors like that are very important. So question number four, what one piece of betting advice would you give your old self? Everything is all about price. It's not about whether you think the team or player is going to win the match or win the competition. It doesn't matter. if it's, You have to factor in whether the probability of that player is less than, uh, sorry, more than the price being offered. And you may go, you may go, five, 10, 15 bets in a row losing with, this, with the same process. But we know that, as we've always mentioned before, that it's, it's process over results. And, and long term, as long as your process is correct, then the results should show for themselves. I think it's very easy, as we've already touched on, to get uh, 
bogged down on losing results. And also, it's very easy to start thinking, oh, you know, this team's on a, I don't know, 15-game unbeaten run, so you just blindly bet on them. You know, you can't be doing that. You need to be looking at whether the odds on that team to win are under about underrated by the market or if they're overrated, then looking to, to oppose them. You know, it's not it's not about form, it's about ability. So in the time you've been betting, how long would you say it kind of took you to understand the importance of price and how did you kind of teach yourself or make sure that was something that you, you practised? I, th- I think, and I think that's a really good question, I think it comes down to experience. I think you're... You know, if you're keeping a record of your bets or, you know, your bank balance, for example, your betting balance over a period of time, that's going to that's going to tell you whether you're doing doing the right thing or not. And I think I think experience is massive because I just keep touching upon, I think it, with losing runs, for example, the experience to be able to deal with those will tell you whether or not you're good at gambling as a as a long term venture. Um, and I think the results will show you whether you are taking prices at, at value. I mean, we can use quite an easy comparison taking the odds that you've taken and the odds that the market closes at. I think generally sort of that is perceived as the correct odds, you know, once we've had millions and millions bet into the market at the time of the event begins. So if if you can see that over a period of time you're taking bigger prices than what the market's closing at, then you know long-term you're going to win. So I think probably, I mean, I've, I've been gambling for ever since I was, I was, ever since I was legally allowed. But I definitely think probably the first half of that was a big, was a big life lesson. Also, having bet, professionally for a couple of years I think that also was one of the best things I could have ever done because you're you know you have bills to pay etc so you have to make sure that the the process is correct and I think that was a very good life lesson not only a gambling lesson but a very good life lesson into how to bet properly right last but not least question number five what is your one honest truth about betting I think maybe Maybe one misconception could be that you know trading out or or cashing out is is a good option. I mean, I think if you're, I think gamblers kind of fall into two profiles. You have you have your gamblers and you have your traders. A trader, you'd be looking at somebody that enters the market and then looks to exit the market for a profit or for a loss because they're trying to limit their liabilities. And then you have a gambler who bets and then will just look to see whether they've won or lost. I think the problem with some gamblers is when things maybe are going in their favour, they'll look to trade out, which will be the wrong thing to do because either you bet and let the bet run, and long term you'll win. Or, as I say, you're a trader, and you you know you look to pick pick vul- small vulnerabilities in the market and exit before for a, for a, for a win. But the problem is, I think with the gambler that starts to cash out or trade out, the bets that they cash out or trade out, those ones 
probably will go on to win and they'll be the ones that make or break their balances. Whereas if they're cashing out, their profit is going to be significantly reduced on those ones because they haven't got the, I guess, bottle maybe is the, the right word to use to, to, to see it out. They see that there's, there's profit for them already. Uh, maybe they've been on a, a bad run or something. So then they look to, to take a quick, a quick couple of quid. Whereas if, you know, if they actually hang in, hang in tight, they'll, they're going to, they're going to win more overall long term. And again, I think that one comes down to experience, being able to hold your nerve in those situations. Yeah, I guess if you're confident enough to to put money behind your model, then why would you not kind of see it through and, and follow that confidence right the way through? And, and it's, I think that's easy for us to say here and now, but I think if there's, say, a lot of money involved, and as I say, if you've been on a bad run or something, I think it's very easy to maybe fall into that trap. I'm just I'm just curious then, for you, what kind of profile do you see yourself sitting within? Are you that, that trader type or are you that gambler? For me, I'm a very methodical person, so I like to look, at every bet I place with a fine tooth comb, basically. Whereas in play, I think you need to be very quick with your decision making. And for me, uh, my profile fits a lot better with taking my time to come to a rational decision. So if I'm happy with my pre-match bet, then I tend, I'd say probably 99% of the time, unless, unless maybe, for example, one of the things I do if I bet on a game to be nil-nil, for example, and there's a red card, I'll look to trade out because historically the the game dynamic has completely changed. So the the value before the match is not as good as the value is now. So that's that, and that's kind of a, one of the rules I have set in place already. So I, you know, I don't have to take my time to think about that. But yeah, for me, like. Being very methodical, I need. I guess I need more time to make the decision. So I'm definitely somebody that just lets the bet run and then long term will look at the profits. Right, so we said at the start of the episode, five questions is all we have. And so that means that's it, unfortunately. I just want to say thanks for joining me today, Mark. I'm sure everyone will enjoy listening to the answers you've provided. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope I've uh, provided some insight. And I hope everyone's enjoyed the latest instalment of Profit from Perspective. And we look forward to the next episode. Yeah.